Welcome to Broken Spines at the End of the World, the book podcast where we talk about the things that we've read lately, also the things that we're writing, because yes, we are writing a book some days, not very much lately. Um, life has been very chaotic and we've had a million things going on, so we haven't actually been working on our writing project. We've also haven't been reading very much, so actually we're not doing very well, I think. But anyway, I don't think we are. No, no, we're not doing well at all. I looked it up. I have read uh, 16 books this year. It is the least amount of books I have ever read. Well, not, have... not ever, probably. I mean, there will have been years where I wasn't like really consciously reading a lot of things. So those will be like the the years that I don't count. But like the years where I've been consciously reading, I normally would have read at least 25 books. But no, it's just not happening this year. I have read 23 books to date, which as well is the lowest in recorded history, I think. Mm. And recorded history is like, I don't know, maybe the last 10 years or something that I've yeah. been keeping track. Um, I do remember that a few years ago, that would have been around 2017, 20, 2018 probably. I remember traveling early-ish in the year, like March or something, and talking to someone about reading and they were like, oh, you read a lot, don't you? And I was like, yeah, I read a bit. And they were like, how many books have you read this year? And it was something in the 30s. Mm -hmm. And who was she and how did she do that? <laughs> because she's not me. She she's is not definitely me. not I me. I have read 23 <laughs> books. And we are crunching numbers here because... For this episode, we decided to do the mid-year book freakout tag. If you're into BookTube or maybe bookish Instagram or something, you might know what it is. But it's basically, you look back at the first six months of the year, you look at your reading and you answer a bunch of questions about like the best book, the most surprising book, new favorite author, author and so on. So we had to have a look at what we've read and it's just been devastating because... <laughs> The shelf is empty. <laughs> yeah, and on, on the bright side, we have six months to go, so we might turn this ship around. Oh, yeah, um, we'll see. That was very hopeful. Thank you. Yeah, I think what depresses me most is not the number, because the yeah. number is just a number. Like it really doesn't matter. It's what the does... quality, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Same oh, here. yeah. Oh, the quality. <sighs> I've so not been reading good books. things. Yeah. Very mediocre. Mm -hmm. Also, I feel like it's... Like, one of the reasons is that... I don't really make time to sit down and just read for a couple of hours. I read in between doing other things. And that, like... 
I've really realized now that that doesn't work for me anymore because I need to be in the book. I need to read for hours on end and like finish a book in like two or three days for me to really, really love it because being in that book and so invested in that book is what makes it great or like part of what makes it great because a book can be really beautifully written and stuff but if it takes me a month to finish it I will have forgotten what happened at the beginning and it just won't work for me the way it used to work so I don't know when the last time was that I managed to sit down and read for hours I know and I will mention it Because the book is well, on that the list. one, yeah, that one, it's on the list. I know that one, but that was different, wasn't it? Because I was not alone with that. We're one. talking about different books. <laughs> Are we talking about different books? You can you can guess like when we get to it if that was the one. But I I think you're thinking of a different book, but it's fine. I, confusion. I am in confusion. Anyway, um, I'm glad to be somewhat of a mystery to you. Yeah, I'm very distracted right now. So well done. Well done. I lost all (laughs) trains of thoughts. No more rails even. But what I was trying to say is that I have terrible issues with just focusing these days, Mm. just sitting down and not get distracted by life and all the shitty thousand things that still need to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like it. No, we should stop being adults. Um, we should go back to those summer vacations where we should just sit and read, and then suddenly it's dinner time. Yeah, we should go back to there. Well, I mean, I'm I'm going to bring this up probably in the next episodes too, when we record them, if we record them. I promise we'll try. We will try. So if we do, when we do, uh, I'm sure I will come back to this, but I have stumbled back into fan fiction. And I just need to remember this for myself. Whenever I feel like I'm hitting a reading slump and I don't feel like reading, I should just dive into fan fiction. Because fan fiction is amazing. I mean, I have read, like, I'm in the middle of my second long fan fiction right now. Uh, if anyone wonders, I have mentioned this before, but I will gladly mention it again. Um, mostly I read Dramini fan fiction, which is like the pairing Draco Malfoy and Hermione Granger. Um because I really like the possibilities with those two characters. And I have a soft spot for enemies to lovers romance fiction. So it's like everything I could possibly want. Plus, I feel like it needs to be said, but a lot of fan fiction is better written than some of the published fiction that I've read this year. I said it. We will get to that book too. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I'm in like the second big ass fan fiction right now. Um, I am flying through it. I am loving every second of it. Um, and those pieces, because I've looked them up and someone was kind enough to like input them on Storygraph. The first one I read was like equal to just under 300 pages if it were to be a book. So I am reading. I am also counting them <laughs> towards Good, my goal. Yeah, because I didn't used to do that. Um, yeah, I'm counting those too. So I will give you an update in like episodes to come of how the fan fiction <laughs> is going. Because I'm having a great, a great time. Point. I don't read fan fiction a lot myself, but I do know that um, it can be much easier to get into fan fiction than into new quote-unquote new fiction mm -hmm. because they're characters you know their world you're immersed in yeah. already they're people you're comfortable with mm -hmm. so you don't have to get used to new characters used to a new world so i get i see how i can also make it easier to get out of a slump or like get back into the magic of reading on the other hand for me i think i've just Two days ago, I um, started a new book and I managed to read like the first 29 pages without ever getting up and doing something else in between. And yes, that is a win. Um, Absolutely. Uh, it was nonfiction. Good. So I think, and then I've remembered that has happened before. Mm -hmm. That, you know, I've not been reading for weeks and weeks and then the only thing I would actually sit down and read was nonfiction. Yeah. So now my brain just has to remember for next time. Mm -hmm. Let's see if she will, because that might be helpful. I also have like holidays coming up. Um, and by that, I mean, we're going to travel in August. Uh, we're going camping in Wales. And so it's jealous. completely, you know, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I always manage to read quite a lot because... It's what we do in the evenings, like both Dan and I, we just sit down with our book and we read. And I get through probably like six books in that time. So we'll see. But yeah. I have some vacation time coming up as well. And I think I just have to lock away all my devices. <laughs> so that after like the third day everything will be so clean <laughs> there is nothing else for me to do yeah and then maybe i'll actually manage to read i mean one can try right uh one will one will all right Should but let's just, get to the actual yeah. book tags because we could just go all that out forever but we're yeah, here with a mission no yeah we have we're a gonna ramble more later <laughs> that's us straight lined absolutely not <laughs> yes no distractions no excursions nothing just always straight to the point so uh, there's this mid-year book freakout tag i don't know who created it maybe we can look that up and tag them or mention it in the notes or something but basically it is 13 questions yep 
on your reading experience for this year. And I think we'll just start with the first one, which is sometimes one of the most difficult ones. Not so much this year. Well, (laughs) still a bit difficult because if everything is sort of meh, it's hard to pick a winner. But the first question is best book you've read so far this year. Yeah. Hit me. Lonely Castle in the Mirror by Mizuki Tsujimura. A good choice. I read the first 50 or so pages and then for some reason I put it down. And then I was like, why though? Like, why did I put this book down? It was so good. So I picked it up again a month or so later, like quite some time had passed. And I started reading again and I could not stop. I could not stop reading. And throughout like the second half of the book, I sent Sarah voice messages because she'd already read the book. And I was like, oh my God, I think I figured it out. And then I would like go through my theories and I'm like five chapters later, I'd be like, forget that. This is my new theory. <laughs> I did figure it out in the end. But that was like one of those books where I was so invested in the story and it was so well written. The book cover is beautiful. Everything about that book is just gorgeous. And I cried and cried and cried at the end, even though I saw it coming from miles away. It's just how it was written. It was so beautiful. Oh, I loved it so much. I have to say, I saw... I feel like there were two big twists or Mm. big reveals in the end. I saw one of them from miles and miles away. And it hit me still. I did not see the other one. Really? Yeah. Wait, I'm, I'm, we're going to cut this next part out, but I just, I just want to know. <laughs> so, like, spoilers, but you won't hear them because I will edit them out. So, you have... We should get back to the audience, though. (laughs) Yeah, so um, we're back. (laughs) Hello again. (laughs) So I figured both of the twists and Sarah one of the twists. I did not. Yeah, it hurts much more if you don't know it. And then it just hits you out of the dark. Um, Yeah, well, I knew it. Totally worth it, though. I will take the beating again and again gladly from this book. It was such (laughs) a beautiful, beautiful piece of art. Yeah, um, well, I knew it was coming and it still hurt. So yeah. I can only recommend this book to like everyone who loves um, like magical realism, um, who loves like Japanese fiction. Oh, it's so good. I mean, everyone should give it a go. You never know whether you're going to like it or not. Yeah, I feel like it's very, it's a very quiet, hard hitting like it it sneaks in and then punches you yeah that sort of 
but in a very quiet way and you will not get mad. No, it's one of the books I'm going to give Dan um, because I always make his pile of books to take like with us. Mm-hmm. I always like select books for him. So it's one of the books I'm going to give him. Oh, I'll be interested read. if he likes it or like what he thinks of it. I'll let you know. Funny enough, my best book of the year is also Japanese translated magical realism. <laughs> Amazing. Tell me. <laughs> yes, look at us. We're matching. Um, it's there's no such thing as an easy job oh. by Kikuko Tsumura. Um It's less gut-wrenching than The Lonely Castle in the Mirror. Um, It's about a 30-year-old woman who has suffered from burnout. And then she goes to like a job recruitment office. Mm -hmm. And she requests a job where you have to do no writing, no reading, preferably no thinking at all, just an easy job. Mm-hmm. and she starts doing surveillance where she just sits in a room and she watches an old man who's a writer and he lives and works in his home and she just watches him all day doing not so much and she's trying to figure out what was it she's trying to figure out which of his hundreds and hundreds of dvd covers holds a contraband okay that he does not know about oh okay um, because someone hid it in his house and she has to figure out where it is because they don't have time to sneak into his house while he's out to search all of his DVDs because he has absurdly many. Uh-huh. So that's her first job. And then she moves on from that job to other jobs. And basically it's a commentary on the workforce and on how frustrating it is. Um, it's a big, big commentary on burnout syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, where it stems from, how it, what it does to you, and how hard it can be to get out of it again. Yeah, and it it turns into a bit of magical realism when, like, one of her jobs is she works at a advertising agency, mm-hmm. and she notices that when she stops advertising places, they disappear. Also, when she starts advertising places that don't exist, they appear. Interesting. Um, but that's like a side note. That's not even like the main story or anything. It's uh-huh. um, it's that a really, sounds amazing. It is really good. You would like it, I think. I'll put it on um, the list. I mean, it was already on the list, but I'll put it higher on the list. <laughs> it should be on the list, honestly. I found a really good comment on Goodreads that I wanted to quote. Oh, yeah, it was like, um, this novel is incredibly unique because, you know, it's a large group of people can totally relate to it and everything. And then it goes on that if you can't relate to it, this novel is a very quiet, quaint, slightly boring novel with no true purpose or plot, much like every damn human life. Nice. And it's so accurate because it's hard to describe what happens in this book because so many random small things happen to no point she just Mm -hmm. sort of lives her life and it's it's amazing it just is amazing sounds amazing 
And she gets all these tiny jobs that on paper really sound like easy jobs. Like you should sit there, you watch, you report if anything happens, nothing else. But then every job, she has so many very different, very unique, weird jobs. But with every job that she takes on, she goes in trying to do the least. But then she's like, oh, but I got to do a good job. Mm-hmm. So suddenly the easy job is a, is a big job, is a necessary job, is an important job. Yeah. Because she does the most. Uh-huh. And I think that specific part is something you should read about. Yep. <laughs> and many Thanks of us should that. read Thanks about. For, thank you for calling me out on that. <laughs> You're so welcome. You're so welcome. Um, it's not exactly people-pleasing behavior that she shows, but it's very much, I think, a sort of perfectionist or just the pride she has in in what she does is something I can strongly relate to and I think you will also be strongly relating to that just sort of need for your job to be done well yeah because otherwise what's the point exactly and yeah. that feeling that's is put it. into a novel or a book because it's it's not quite and it's not small it's 400 pages of that feeling and it's well worth it so yeah that was my best okay and that is what we need to top with the next six months (laughs) because when we do this again at the end of the year we want a different best book because we want to read great books yeah or just more great books to talk about would be already less mad because to make the point of how mad this year has been or just also how little I've read. The second question is best sequel that you've read so far this year. And I can answer that. I can answer that with uh, Golden Sun by Pierce Brown by default, because it is the absolute only sequel I read this year. I have read none. No yeah, sequels. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't it so depressing to not even have something to choose from? Because yeah. I have an answer, and it's just this one because that's the only sequel I read. And was it good? It was entertaining. Okay. Well, that's, it was that, far that's, from perfect, but it was okay. Shall we just move on then? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the third question is new release you haven't read yet but want to. Ooh, that one is an easy one for me. Uh, Yellow Face by R.F. Kuang. Mm hmm which is the author of Poppy War and Babel, which Babel I haven't read yet. And Poppy Wars, I've still not finished, technically finished the third one. I read like two and a half of those. Yeah. I I haven't finished. I debated putting that one on my, uh, like on here, but I haven't had the best track record with RF Kuang. Like I listened to the Poppy War and I don't, I don't know. It just, didn't I didn't gel with it and then I started reading Babel and I'm sorry guys but I'm so bored (laughs) I don't like it I wanted to and it started off really really well and then I got like a hundred pages in and I was like why am I reading this book this is going to take me forever I I I don't want so many different opinions 
especially on Babel, that I've been scared to start it because it's also big. Yeah. And I really, really want it, want to love it, but I'm not sure I will. Also, a friend of mine told me that um, there's a part in the book where they're um, anglifying Cantonese or what is mm-hmm. supposed to be Cantonese, mm-hmm. but it's Mandarin. And the fact that she got it wrong in a book about linguistics is just not that's, awesome. That's a really stupid mistake to make, though. It is. Um, so, yeah, I haven't actually touched Babel yet. Um, but Yellowface, I really like the concept of Yellowface. But again, I've heard so many vastly different opinions. Um, there's been... first. Quickly, yeah. as an synopsis, basically, yeah. it's uh, two writer friends. I think they like met in college. One of them got immensely successful. The other one is struggling. That one is our main character. And the, the successful one has like a really small social circle. And basically, the struggling one is her only friend. Mm-hmm. And then the successful one dies. And the struggling one steals her unpublished manuscript and publishes herself. Like yeah. she improves, she edits it, and then she publishes it, pretending to be Asian American. Um, and then it goes from there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to be a critique on the publishing industry, the racism in publishing industry. As far as I've heard, I've heard though that it is very surface level, which I think has also been a bit of critique for all of her other books. That Babel is very surface level um, on the topics that she wants to discuss. Also, Poppy War, which is a commentary on colonialism is also surface level which is a shame but still I'm very excited to read Yellowface and make my own opinion because I've also read opinions like this is the crime and punishment of our generation so do I think it will be that no but I do want to read it I have started it and so far it's been pretty good but she's only just taken the manuscript and finished it basically and now she's publishing it so we'll see yeah let me know like if you really really end up liking it i will give it a go but i i don't know i I don't seem to be able to connect to her writing is what i'm saying but i I am willing to keep trying. Like if other people say that they really liked one of her books, I will definitely keep trying. But right now I'm not feeling like the urge to pick it up. The thing is with Poppy War, I really liked the first one. Um, Then the second one was sort of meh. And by the third one, I stopped midway. So do I have a good track record with RF Kwan? I don't think so. Well, at least you liked the first one. I really liked the first one. Maybe yeah. you just don't like how she like progresses into a series. 
it might be, or I just lose interest when it comes to fantasy very quickly for some reason, because that has happened before. Yeah. I mean, series are always difficult. I find reading a series so much more difficult now than it was when I was a kid. Mm. That's true. But now I also see the, the second book problem. Yeah. While I'm reading the second book and I'm like, damn, this got second book syndrome. Why am mm. I doing this to myself? You know? I understand. I have two books on, like, as an answer to this question. But I had to go and look it up because I'm not up to date with what has been released yet. So I looked it up and I found two that I was like, huh. So Justin Cronin, he wrote The Passage which was like a sort of zombie post-apocalyptical novel. I really liked it. I found that his writing was very compelling. It was a big ass book, that one. And I still remember like reading it and liking it. I started the sequel because I think it's a duology. Um, But I don't know. It should have just been a standalone, I think. So I didn't finish that one. Um, the ferryman is, um, not part of that series at all. Um, let me look. Um, I'm just going to like read you part of like the synopsis. Wait, this is a very long synopsis. Okay. I'm going to go for it anyway. Um, founded by the mysterious genius known as the designer, the archipelago of Prospera lies hidden from archipelago. I don't know. You know what I mean. Uh, Of Prospera lies hidden from the horrors of a detour. Jesus, who wrote this? (laughs) This is not meant to be read out loud. I'm sure it wasn't Jesus though. No, probably not. You never know. Deteriorating outside world. Okay. In this island paradise, Prospera's lucky citizens enjoy a long, fulfilling life until the monitors embedded into their forearms, meant to measure their physical health and psychological well-being, fall below 10%. Then they retire themselves, embarking on a ferry ride to the island known as the nursery, where their failing bodies are renewed their memories are wiped clean and they are ready to restart life afresh. Now you have Proctor Bennett of the Department of Social Contracts has a satisfying career as a ferryman, gently shepherding people through the retirement process and when necessary, enforcing it. But all is not well with Proctor. For one thing, he's been dreaming, which is supposed to be impossible in Prospera. For another, his monitor percentage has begun to drop alarmingly fast. And then the day he is summoned to retire his own father, who gives him a disturbing and cryptic message before being wrestled onto the ferry. So soon Proctor finds himself questioning everything he once believed. This sounds amazing. (laughs) Like, I want to read this book. Like, this sounds really, really good. I mean, it's a science fiction thriller, and I'm like, yeah, I like science fiction. I like, like, 
creepy dystopian utopian societies where everything is not as it seems so i read never let me go this year yeah which is similar right it, it's giving the same vibes giving the same vibes so i i kind of want to read the ferryman now yeah um the other one i have is divine rivals by rebecca ross I don't know if you've heard oh, of this. Yeah, I have. It's about it's a young adult rival. What? What are they? Reporters or like? Yeah, journalists it's or something. Two young rival journalists found find love through a magical connection. They must face the depths of hell in a war among gods to seal their fate forever. All right, you know Sounds what? Dramatic. Yeah, like why not? <laughs> Give me some fantasy romance. Um, have to say, haven't read a, re- a lot of really great young adult fiction lately. The ones I have read that I liked were old by today's standards. Um, like dating back to the Hunger Games high days of uh, young adult fiction. Um, so... I don't have too high hopes, but I don't know. It just sounds fun, so I'm probably going to I think with young adult or any genre, really, you sort of have to know what you're getting into. Yeah. And if you're expecting adult fiction out of young adult literature, you will always be disappointed. But if you go in through the teenager young adult lens, Mm. it can be so much fun. I don't know if I go in expecting adult fiction. I just expect a good story. And sometimes they're just, I don't know, either boring or like two deus ex machina. Like everything just sort of happens and nothing's like fully explained or... We can do this now because we can. We can. Yeah, exactly. I don't like that. But yeah, yeah, those are the two that... Cool. yeah, Divine Rivals, I'm not that interested in, but The Ferryman sounds really, really good. Mm-hmm. And then we get most anticipated release for the second half of the year, which yeah. I might be cheating a bit. Because Go I for don't it. remember when, when it's really... It's out now, but I haven't received it yet. And I think it came out late last month or early this month so i'm counting it as like the second half of the year and sure. it's um it's the ninth book in the noodle shop mysteries which is like a cozy <laughs> murder mystery and it's called <laughs> miss fortune cookie and it has food on the cover and it's just gorgeous and i'm Amazing. so excited to read um this is not to say that this will be the best book that comes out for the second half of the year that's it's not just what this question I is do anyway not know which books come out for the second because i am i do not have my finger on the pulse okay no especially maybe. not lately i do not know what's going on in the world i do know this book is coming nice i especially know that it is in the works to being shipped to me or is already on its way to me i think and i'm so excited because these murder mysteries these cozy murder mysteries written by vivian chen they're life i love them they're all the same 
as they should be because they're cozy murder mysteries and I just love them. For those of you who don't know, cozy murder mysteries is a specific genre. You get a protagonist who is neither a policeman nor anything like it that stumbles over a crime, a murder specifically, that happens in their vicinity. It's either they're being suspected or their family members are being suspected or it happened on like their property or something like that but somehow they're entangled in the murder and they are going out and finding out who did it even though they're not in any sort of way trained to do that and there is always a food aspect to it in here it's our main character Lana she works in her parents' restaurant There's um, an animal sidekick. She has a dog. It never appears unless she goes home for a bit and has to run out to the tree so the dog can pee and that's it. There's no bigger role for the dog. Basically, we kind of forget that the dog exists and I think she does too. Um, (laughs) I think it's a bit neglected. But yeah, of course, there's a romance coming into this. Like she's going to have a little something something with the police guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that's that's the premise of every murder mystery, basically, and I love it. I'm so happy for you, and I'm so excited. <laughs> nice. So uh, yeah, that is mine. What is yours? Mine is the sequel to Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros, Iron Flame. Ooh, you and all the world on the internet. Oh, I know. I mean, I'm going to like mention it again later, so I'm going to keep it short. But I read Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros last month, I think. And it just took me back to like my teenage years or like early 20s when I would devour books. And it just made me so happy. Like, it's a book about dragons and a school for dragon riders. Like, not just dragon riders, but, like, it's a school and, like, one division of the school is learning to ride a dragon. So it gives me Hunger Games vibes combined with How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm so all for it. There's some lovely sarcastic dragons in there that I already... The dragons speak? Yeah, like it's a mental bond thing. Oh, amazing. She hears them in her head and he is so sarcastic. I love it so I have, much. It's one of the thousand books I've started and I got about two pages in. But maybe this summer I will read I, Sarcastic Dragons. I dove into it and I barely put it down. Like I put it down because I had to eat and sleep. That's it. Like, I put it down because I had to go to work, and it was Ugh. torture. Ugh, I hate when that happens. I mean, I love when that happens, when the book is so good that you're yeah. like, how are you people expecting me to do life right now? But then you're at work, and it's just the worst. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the sequel is coming out in, I didn't write it down, I think early November, if I remember that correctly. That gives me a couple of months to catch up. That's good. Yeah. Okay, 
Moving onwards, question number five is biggest disappointment. I feel like we have the same book. I did write down two. Ooh, start with the other one. Okay, I'll keep it short again. I read Beach Read by Emily Henry, which is a book that everyone seems to love. And I thought it was just so average. It's a romance. Um, I mean, if you listen to the title Beach Read, it sounds very summery and stuff. It is not that at all. It's uh, two writers. No, it is not at all. Uh, It's two writers who fall in love. The girl has um, realized at her father's funeral that he was cheating on her mom for many years. And he has a beach house that he went to to be with this other woman. Yeah, I and then she is grieving for the loss of her father, also feeling very betrayed, goes to the beach house to write a book that she's been on deadline for and hasn't read a single word for yet. Um, and finds out that living next door is her literary nemesis or something like that. The guy that she went to college with um, and also like had a little crush on, but he was just you know, awful, quote-unquote, awful. Um, Not really, no. So they get to know each other for real this time, and then they fall in love. Um, I found it very forgettable. I couldn't remember their names if I tried. Like, no idea. Um, So, yeah, I read that one because I wanted to dive into, like the story structure of romance fiction because one thing that Emily Henry does well is she doesn't do the whole miscommunication thing in the third act because that really bothers me in like standard fiction uh, or standard romance fiction so I took that book apart basically and what I found wasn't very impressive (laughs) Uh, my favorite of hers is still book lovers are you going to read the new one? What's it called? Happy Place, I think. The Happy Place. I don't know. The premise doesn't really appeal to me. The Happy Place is about a couple. Yeah, a couple that has decided to break up. But they have this thing where they go away on holidays or something or a weekend or what. I don't remember. Um, with a group of friends and they've decided to keep it a secret that they are breaking up from their friends or family okay. or whatever. So they go as a couple, pretending to still be a couple, while they've decided to actually break up. I don't know. It just doesn't appeal to me. So maybe... Sounds very uncomfortable. Yeah. I just... It doesn't really make any sense to me. But, like, I don't know. Maybe I'll have, like, a moment where I'm desperate for some romance... Although I could just read fan fiction instead and maybe it will be better. Might, might make you happier. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other one. This, yeah, the book we both have. Like, we haven't actually really talked about this, but I know that this is the book that you have on your list and you know that this is the it book that be, I have. It must be, right? It has to be. It has um, to be. It is City of Nightmares. Da, 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 da. It is City of Nightmares. I didn't actually write down her name. Is it Schaefer or something? Rebecca Schaefer. So yeah. 
she wrote a little backstory yeah (laughs) she wrote a book the city of nightmares and Mm -hmm. it's about a city where when you fall asleep and you have a nightmare you might turn into that nightmare yep and our main protagonist is a girl and her sister became a giant spider and she ate her dad yeah that's a very important point apparently Uh because you are told that point about fifty thousand times during the book so my very good friend Ellen came to visit me and we had the brilliant idea that during those three, four days where she is here, we should um, read, body read a book. So on the first evening, we went to the bookstore and we saw this City of Nightmares. We were like, dude, yes, a little bit of YA fantasy. That could be so much fun. It sounds a little it has unhinged. A Let's do that. On the cover. It has a pterodactyl on the cover we can't lose and lose we did oh so hard it was I mean, so did we bad. though we i mean we have gained an amazing experience and some great memories for example where ellen almost fell off the bed snorting <laughs> laughing and then almost peed herself and that <laughs> will forever be ingrained as a happy place inside my brain um, but this Goodreads review that we saw afterwards said it all. It says, in the acknowledgments of the author, uh, the, in the acknowledgments the author writes, this book should never have existed, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think the problem is that it was not edited. Like, I don't know who edited this. I but don't think anybody it, did. It's so bad. If someone says that they edited this book, that's, that's bullshit. Not the only I call problem. bullshit. It's not the only... It is... I agree. It is not edited at all. Like, otherwise we would not have been told 70,000 times that her sister has turned into a spider and then ate her dad. Um, but there's other problems also with the story. Like, the whole yeah. point of the story is to make fun of... Um, like the the, the vampire genre and that the too as well but also the vampire genre like the whole twilight thing and then it turns into exactly that yeah like no 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 this this book was just bad i'm sorry it was really bad i don't usually say that so you know that i mean it but this book is just bad i am sorry I'm what not made even sorry. Great. This book is just really bad. Yeah. What made it great as a reading experience was that we took turns reading chapters out loud to each other, doing silly voices, changing names, adding stuff that wasn't actually in there. We added a lot of stuff. Oh, we add <laughs> The changing like, names was my favorite bit, I think. Yeah. After a while, we weren't sure what was actually in it. And what wasn't, so you had to sort of guess when you were listening. Yeah, that was my, that was just amazing. Because <sighs> you would lie in bed and just listen to Ellen read to you. And then you go like, wait, that sounds so dumb. Was that really in there or did she add that? Because it both was equally likely. Both were possible. Yeah. <laughs> so the book was horrible. I would never have read it if it wasn't for the amazing experience of reading it chapter by chapter out loud with with you. <laughs> And I, that's why I kind of want to read the second one. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Nuh-uh. 
What if next time you come by, it is just lies on like a side table next to the bed or something? If you were to scare me like that with that book just laying there, I would dramatically sigh and pretend I'm mad about it. But if and I get immediately to read it, we go you. like, oh my God, we can't go outside. We have to read though now, do we? So new because that is what happened. We we had plans to go outside and we were like, we did not go outside. Do we have to though? Because <laughs> it was just hilarious. It was so funny. Ah. Anyways, that was our biggest disappointment this year. I mean, I mean a happy accident in the a happy end, accident, really. A happy accident. But, but a very disappointing book. Because oh, yeah. th- don't read it, really. I do not recommend to absolutely nobody. It's just so bad. Also, don't expect a lot of t- pterodactyls to be in there. One, one, and it's anybody. It's so lame. And yeah. it's not even the mayor's fucking son. <laughs> or it probably is. Let's see. We the don't sequel. know that yet. The sequel Maybe will tell. The sequel will he tell. is the mayor's fucking son. I know it. But I, yeah, no, anyway, the book is bad. Oh, the we book. thought we knew a lot of things. But there was no payoff to all the suspension. <laughs> no, but did you know? I don't know if you knew. Um, it's a bit of a an Easter egg, but uh, okay. her sister Tell turned me. into a t- giant spider and they turned out. <laughs> really? <laughs> no way, right? I was no I was shocked way. as well. I when Who I figured that one out. <laughs> um let's move yeah. on. Next one. So next question is the biggest surprise. Yeah. I have, I have one. Okay, tell me, me about I'm it. I'm prepared. Um, my biggest surprise was iRobot by Isaac Asimov. Basically, it was oh. my biggest surprise because I expected something different. Like, I've seen the movie iRobot mm-hmm. from like the 2000s, I think, somewhere oh, around there. Oh, it's not that then? It's that's not, not that. the story? No, that's oh. not the story. And I expected that to be the story. But like the premise is not the same either but like the concept i guess is the same it is about the three laws of robotics which i can quote to you because i came prepared nice um number one a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm and then the second law of robotics is a robot must obey the order given it by human beings except when such orders would conflict with the first law And the third Mm -hmm. one is a robot must protect its own existence as long as protection does not conflict with the first or second law. Okay. And basically the premise of the book is um, robots struggling with these laws (laughs) or like just the logic, not logicking in the right Mm -hmm. way because common sense is missing. Yeah. Um, it is very, very different from the movie. In the movie, we have the same thing, right? The robot has to obey these three laws and he comes into conflict with that um, in some form or other. But here, um, it's not told in one flowing story. It's little stories with mm-hmm. often the same people but different robots. Um, It was originally posted, posted. it was, look at me being modern. 
<laughs> it was originally published mm-hmm. as short stories in a magazine, mm. which explains the format. Yeah. Um, and then later on put together as a book. And I really, really liked it because in each story, it looks at like the conundrum of the robot's existence um, with a little bit of missing human emotion, with a little bit of missing human human common sense. Um, and those three laws that it has, obey, has to obey. For instance, there's this one robot, like you're, it's mostly these two human mechanics or like mm-hmm. fancy mechanics, I guess, um, that have to sort out the robot problem. One robot sort of starts a cult. Um, <laughs> Amazing. And they have to figure out how and why and stuff. And then there's one robot who goes there on some planet or moon or something. And there's robots harvesting things. Um, and then they send out one robot to get a certain kind of material. Mm-hmm. And he just disappears. And that's like their best robot and they need him back. He's a prototype or something and they need him. First, they just need him for commercial uh, reasons. Like he's very expensive and he's Mm -hmm. the prototype, whatever. And then later on, they kind of need him to survive. They realize that they will die unless he comes back and helps them. Um, But he just disappeared. So eventually they find out that he is always going on his way to get what they sent him out to get. Um, but when he gets closer to that point, radiation or some sort of similar thing to radiation harms him and makes mm-hmm. the area too dangerous for him to be there. So he turns around and runs back, but then he runs away out of the radius of that danger and his logic kicks in and goes again, well, I'm fine. So I got to go get that thing that the humans told me to oh, get because no. that was my order and I have to obey my humans. Oh, that's so sad. And then he just is stuck running back and forth and oh, he can't go like back it. to the human. <laughs> exactly. You're like, oh my God, you poor boy or girl or thing, right? Um, but yeah, in his mind, he's just, oh, danger. I have to go back. And then he's, oh, I'm fine. I have to off. I have to obey my no. orders. So he, they have to break that loop and they have to figure out once they figure out that he is in that loop, they have to figure out how they can break that loop because the robot is faster and stronger and he, they can't reach him because the mm. surface is toxic to them. So, and that sort of happens in every story in a different sort of way yeah there's they figure out that there's some sort of unintended loophole or flaw yeah that they have to figure out what exactly is going on and how to fix it so it's really good i want to read it now it's really good but very different (laughs) from what i expected so uh a happy surprise nice Uh, mine is poison study by Maria Wischneider. Uh, it's a young adult fantasy book that had been on my shelf forever. I found it like in a secondhand bookshop one day years ago. And I was like interested, 
but like not like unable to contain myself and had to start reading it immediately. So it ended up on my shelf and I was going through them because I've been getting rid of some books and I decided to give it like one last chance. Um, and I started it and I finished it <laughs> the next day. <laughs> Yep. Well, it. I'm glad I I gave it one last chance. Um, It's about this girl. She's been put um, on death row, I guess, um, in this fantasy world. Uh, She's killed someone. Um, So she's going to be hanged in this society that she lives in. um, The rules are very strict. Everything is ruled over by, like, the army. And the day of her hanging, she is um, given the choice to either die by hanging or become the new poison taster for, like, the general of this army. And... Like, there's a little bit of romance in there. Um, She is, like, trained to be a poison taster by this, I don't know, he's, like, the general's right-hand man. He's, like, the best spy ever. Um, It was good. Like, it was just, it was action from start to finish. There's lots of interesting twists and turns um like nothing mind-blowing but it was just a good book and I didn't expect it to be (laughs) I thought I thought it was going to be boring because I had been reading a lot of really boring young, young adult books like where I don't know they just don't manage to like keep the suspense going like after a while, it just sort of falls apart a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, it just start to finish, just really solid storytelling. I really oh, liked nice. it. Yep. So, well done, Maria V. Schneider. Like this book was published in two thousand and eight, I think. <laughs> so I'm super late. It's also the first book in a series. Not sure if I'm going to continue reading this series though. Like, it was a good book, but I don't feel, like, compelled to pick up the rest. Um, If I happen to come across it at some point, maybe I will. But right now, I'm happy to have read this first book and liked it. So, yeah. Nice. That was it. That was my biggest surprise. Next question, I think, is new favorite author. Yes. Right. Debut author or new-to-you author. I have uh, T. Kingfisher on the list i read what moves the dead all right yeah which is an um uh the house of let me look it up uh the house of usher i think it's like an edgar Allan poe story um and this is a retelling of that story it's very i don't know gruesome i guess at times um it's a horror book but it's not how how am i supposed to explain it's like gothic horror if that makes sense uh it's not super scary 
but it just like there's like this layer of creep that you like slowly sink into and like you realize what's going on quite early on in the book at least I did I think most people do it's quite obvious and like you know that you're sinking but you can't stop it like the process has been started and you're just along for the ride and I love that that it's just like little creepy things like coming in and just creeping you out I just really like it uh, I think Every I time thought it was really- I see the cover somewhere I'm like yes I should read this <laughs> I do have it I think I think I have the ebook but I keep forgetting what kind of ebooks I have and then I never ever read them there's different covers but they all have some kind of yeah fun they're guy all on it. gorgeous yeah like I there's have not one... seen an ugly cover of this book and I have seen at least two different ones yeah there's one with like a rabbit or like a hare I must say because they're hares in the book mm. with like some sort of like um like growth on it that's like fungi and the other one is like a hand that's like falling apart into fungi um that yeah. one I like I re- the most I think I really like the way that she writes so I might pick up more by her I hope it's like more creepy crawly stuff I like it what's yours um mine is a favorite a uh, new to me writer yeah. I don't know actually if it's a debut mine definitely isn't she's read uh, she's written many many more books so I have some to go through I don't know. Maybe I should have found that out. But it's uh, Sheena Patel. And she wrote I'm a Fan. Ah. Which is... Oh, it is a debut. It says The Guardian is blurbing it on the very front cover. And it says a brutal, brilliant debut. So she's a new author and a new-to-me author. Look at us go. Um, it's a very good book. It's not very big, but it's it comes it packs a punch really. Um, it starts out as like a millennial who has not quite a handle on life, mm-hmm. through like the lens of her romantic life. She is in love with this this man that she calls the man I want to be with. Mm-hmm. Um, he unfortunately is also sleeping with a bunch of other people. Um, one of them is a woman she stalks online because she's like an influencer, and she calls him, and she calls her the woman I am obsessed with. Okay. Because we don't get names or anything, and it then it very quickly spirals um, into. A commentary on social media, on on society at large, on like wealth distribution, racism, classism, sexism, everything, and it's it's written in like a very brutal, vulnerable sort of way, yeah. and it's just great. It nice. just gives you millennial chaos (laughs) um 
with all that it entails, especially for a woman of color. And and it's just, it's gorgeous. It really is just gorgeous. And I hope she will write more and I'll get to read it. Nice. All right. Now the next one, I'm very curious what you have to say because you, like, I don't think you have anything for this. Uh, it's newest fictional crush. And one one time you told me that you don't crush on like literary. I, I do not. I do not. I know. I love how you know, well you know me because I literally <laughs> just I made notes so that I have an answer for everything. And with number eight, it's just a little dash because I'm not even going to pretend. I I don't. I don't do that. That doesn't happen to me. That's fine. Um, I didn't really know what to put here either. Um, is it Draco Malfoy? I mean, well, it's not it's new. Always, <laughs> it's always Draco Malfoy. It has been since I was a teenager. Um, but newest fictional crush? I don't know. I wrote down um, Valak, who is the spy in like um, Poison Study, mm-hmm. because like he reminds me of that character. Um, that's in all the young adult books, like the dark and broody ones, because uh, those are the ones that I typically really. That's, that's your thing. Dark and I'm broody. I'm a simple girl. Yeah, we love a broken boy. I like boy. a broody. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I wrote down. But like, I'm not obsessed with him or anything. Like, he just he was nice to read. That's it. Uh, question number nine is newest favorite character I also wrote down no idea I wrote down the the girl from I am a fan mm. just because I like how she handles not handling life <laughs> and I felt good in her presence um, I wanted to be her friend um, mm. so yeah her. I don't know if she has a name actually I don't think she does Nope, she does not. So her. There was no one that immediately came to mind. And I just thought, if I have to go digging, that's just stupid. Yeah. Like, if it, if it were really a favorite character, it would just come to mind yeah. by itself. So nothing came to mind. It feels strange calling her a favorite character because I think partly because she doesn't have a name. Um, but also because it's not like a a fantasy character or something where you you know like you meet the character and then you go on an adventure together and everything it's very mm-hmm. unhinged uh, episodes um, of life and and it just in case you can see my background blinking by the way there's a thunderstorm and sometimes I'm very bright Oh, that's what's going on. Nice. There's a lot of lightning and it's it's beautiful. Um, I was already thinking it's so dark there. <laughs> like the sun's still out here, so Oh it's not here. No. Also it's so cloudy. Oh I can hear the thunder now. I think I heard it too. I would open the windows, but then because there's a street right outside, people can hear me and that's not happening, so No worries. It's okay. No. I have to wait until after. Anyway, it feels weird to call her a favorite character, but like, I like her. Yeah, so I mean, 
I think that horrible characters, I'm not saying she's a horrible character, but just even if she were a horrible character, you can still like like that character for the way that they were written. Oh yeah, definitely. It just like you don't, I don't know always how to have to like the feeling. That's that's not the point I was trying to make. Um, but like, how can I describe? Like, <laughs> she doesn't feel as much like a character mm-hmm. as like a character in like a science fiction book or fantasy book or something. Yeah. She feels more like a person mm-hmm. that told me their story instead of a character in a story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's Good. what I was trying to say. Moving on. Yep, yep. To where are we? Question 10. Book Books that made, that you, made cry. you cry. Books, you are you're going in strong. Well, you got multiple. I, no, I only have the one, which also makes me quite sad because I love crying at a book. Um, but I all I only have Lonely Castle in the Mirror because that one made me sob. But it's the only one. I have City of Nightmares because it made me cry a <laughs> laughter. But it wasn't really the book. It was it was the add-ons we did uh, because I. <laughs> You're right. That one did make me cry. <laughs> right? In a very different way. Uh, and less so the book than actually what we did with amazing. it. But we did cry. Um, oh, yeah, I did cry. Yeah, but I didn't have one where I like emotionally cried. No. Not yet. I'm hoping that I will get to one I also later this that. year because I need that processing emotions it's- through others. I love that shit. It's so cathartic to read a book that you get so emotionally invested in that just stabs you in the heart. I just, yes, I, there's nothing just like so it. It's so cathartic to cry for other people's problems than your own. <laughs> like just a break from the usual and it's just so nice. Mm. And I want that. I'm also hoping for at least a couple more this year. We'll find some. Yeah. If anybody has any recommend- recommendations, please hit us. Yeah. These girls need to cry. It also doesn't have to be like super sad. It can be like I can cry because the book is so beautiful. Yeah. Or like it just it just it's like gut wrenchingly beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Like when it I grips your things. heart and then like does the little twisty thing. Yeah. I like that. Yep. Me too. We're nearing the end. We've got Question 11 out of 13. Book that made you happy. Yep. What do you have for me? I have Fourth Wing. Because I said it was going to come back. Um, That book just made me so happy. Like, I just want to, like, go a little bit deeper into it. Like I already told you, it's a book about a school where some of the people learn to ride dragons. dragons. Yep, sarcastic dragons. Did you hear that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, the world is ending over here. I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah, the lightning is just going crazy. <laughs> You're just lighting up constantly. Um, Imagine if I've actually put on curtains like everybody had suggested to me. I could not see the lightning. True. That would be a shame. Right? 
Okay, fourth wing. Yeah, yes, yes. yeah. Uh, also, a um, little bit of spice in there. Like, it's definitely new adult, not young adult. Um, is it cringe at times? Yes. Definitely, yes. A lot of cringe. But is it just... It just sucked me in. I, I can't describe it any other way. It just sucked me in. And I was just... I, I just had to know. <laughs> it also made me so angry at one of the characters once I realized what was going on. Just furious. <laughs> And I love that. I love that a book can just really go, you are now going to hate this character. And I'm like, ooh, I want to punch him in the face. So, yeah, this book just made me so happy because I miss disappearing into books. I just miss books that do not let me go. I miss reading a book and thinking about the book every second that I'm not reading it. And this book did that. I oh missed this book when I wasn't reading it. Um, I also love that so many people are reading this book and everyone is like having the same sort of reaction. I mean, I don't want to generalize. There will be people who do not like this book and that is fine. But there are so many people who read this book and go like, wow, this really took me back to like the Hunger Games times when just young adult was so good. It's basically young adult, like that kind of young adult, Hunger Games era young adult, grown up. Because the people who read those books when they came out are now grown up. They're 30 now. They're us. Yeah. They are us. And it's like the book took everything that made those books so good. Like the the nonstop action. Something's happening all the time. They're like pretty much every single chapter ends on a cliffhanger. You just want to keep reading. But it's for adults. Now. It has sex in it. <laughs> Very, very explicit sex. Um, Sunday with sprinkles. Jesus. Um, so what you're saying I mean, is I shouldn't read it on the train. Oh, read it on the train. Like the cover doesn't give anything away. No one will know. No, not because of the cover, because of the blushing. Oh, well, I don't know how easily you blush. But just remember this um, thunderstorm that's going on right now because... Yes, thunder and lightning. <laughs> it will make sense when you very, read it. Very frightening. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say anything um, more. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but remember this. I read will. It and then come back to me. <laughs> you will hear my voice note once I actually mm -hmm. read it and remember this. Thunder and lightning. Yep. Thunder and lightning. Very, very frightening. What's um, your book that made you happy? I didn't really have a very happy one, so I chose the next best thing. I like a slightly no happy book one. made you happy. I mean, they made me happy, but not like in a 
not like a happy happy oh that you makes know? me sad stop <laughs> don't do that okay go um, on go on i chose hot dog girl never heard of it it's uh ya romance um right. by jennifer dugan I, I don't know how to Dugan Dugan anyway Hot Dog Girl it has a gorgeous cover it's illustrated like pale purplish and there's a girl in hot dog costume it's um, the backdrop of the story is a theme park that is closing Mm -hmm. down and she is the hot dog at the theme park she really wanted to be a princess because the Hawkeye is a pirate and that sort of matches and it's it's like it's summer break and she's working at the theme park and she's really into the pirate and um but then like she may or may not have feelings for her best friend um the best friend is she also working at the theme park i think so Anyway, it's Sounds summer, cute. it's cute, it's queer, the ending is too fast and pretty bad. Like, there's okay. lots of flaws in this book, but I did read it all in, like, one night, because it yeah. hit the spot at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, like, not 100% full-on happy-happy, but it was a little bit of giggling and kicking my feet, you know? Okay. And we love yeah, that. Yeah. So we do love that. Nice. Or like, if you have an afternoon where you just want to be a little bit in love, read Hot Dog Girl. And don't expect too much from the ending. <laughs> no, it just, no. Don't like, I didn't like the ending. It was all like, oh, revelation. We'll fix it. Done. Goodbye. <laughs> and I wanted it, Here you know, in. I like the pining. I didn't yeah. get the pining. He's all like, sorry, though. Cool, good. Okay, we're in love now. And I'm like, no, be mad, bitch, be mad. Make it hard. (laughs) The pining is the best We love the pining, but the pining didn't really happen. But the characters are really cute. Um, The parental characters are also really awesome. Um, It's very queer positive. Um, Yeah. That's good. And yeah, it's very much non-toxic people in it. It's just all around wholesome, really cute characters. Nice. Bit stupid from time to time, but that's to be expected. That's part of it. Yeah. So I'm not mad that I read it. So. All right. Let's see. What else we got? Penultimate question, number 12. Most beautiful book you've received or bought so far this year? I have two. Same. Good. You go first. I go first. Okay, one is one that I've already mentioned today. It's uh, Yellow Face by R.F. Kuang. It's very simple. It's just entirely yellow um, with a pair of eyes that like look to the side. You, uh, just the eyes and the eyebrows. And the eyes have like little, I mean, I wanted to say wings, but they're the eye. Eyelashes. Lashes. 
And it's just, it's so simple and gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And I like it a lot. I have one that's very simple too. Um, I bought The Phantom of the Opera by Gaston Leroux when I was in Paris. And it's the vintage edition. And like the front is black and the back is white. And then on the spine, they sort of like diagonally go from one to the other. And both of them have a quote. On the front, it says, I am built, built up of death. And the back says, I am dying of love. And I don't know, it just, I find it so beautiful. Um, I yeah. love that it has quotes on the front and the back. Yeah, it's just, also, it it's like sounds so good. It's like in letters and there's nothing else, no title yeah. of the book or anything. No, That's the title gorgeous. of the book is on the spine. Um, yeah, it's just basically this quote on the front and the back. There's no blurb, nothing. Just, I am built up of death. I am dying of love. And just... It just I'm already it, feeling it, sad. <laughs> it just it just tickles this part of yeah, my brain. Right part of the brain. Yeah. yeah. It hits the spot. What's your other one? The other one's a bit hard to describe. Um, it's Mother Thing. By, oh my God, how do you say that name? Show me. Ainsley Hogarth. Hopefully it's not like Irish or something and you say it completely differently, but um, Yeah, Ainsley. It is absolutely beautiful. It has like three pictures. Um the left side of the book is one larger picture or drawing of a woman screaming, but her face in her hand and everything is green. Um, and she has this Frankensteinish, bit Frankensteinish, yeah. And she has these really arched eyebrows, and it's like, I don't know what, what century would you give this, or what decade? I don't know, like eighteenth, maybe. Um, and then on the right side, the right side is divided into two pictures. One is uh, a drawn hand with a ring on the ring finger and on the bottom there's a drawing of I think it's cello like a cello cake on a plate and it all just screams gothic horror which mm. it is gothic horror yeah and it's so beautiful the book itself I think is about um, a woman who gets married and then she has to move in with the mother-in-law or like the mother-in-law moves in with them for some reason. Oh. And I think she dies. Yeah, she dies and then haunts our main character, Abby, and her husband, Rolf, in like very different ways. Rolf mm. is plunged into depression and Abby is being terrorized by a force intent on taking everything she loves away from her. With the life she's built on the line, Abby must make the ultimate sacrifice in order to prove her adoration to Ralph and break Laura, which is the mother-in-law's hold on the family for good. Nice. And I was like, oh my God, you're gorgeous and you're about an evil mother-in-law. What's not to love? <laughs> Amazing. 
My second one is As Long As The Lemon Trees Grow by Zulfa Katu. Um, oh, I've been meaning to read this. It's so pretty. It's Middle Eastern. Um, it's like, I don't know. It's all kinds of blues and yellows. The title is embossed in gold. Um, it's sort of like this Middle Eastern type window that sort of like tapers off into a point at the top. And then it has a tree, like a lemon tree, and two people standing under it, a boy and a girl. And then very softly in the background, you see a city. And I think this takes place in Syria. Um, yes, Syria, uh, during the war. Um, it's about this girl um, who takes care of her sister-in-law, who's very pregnant. Um, her brother has disappeared. She thinks that he has died, but she's not sure because he's just gone. Um, she works at a hospital operating on people because this is an active war zone they're living in. Even though she is not a doctor, she was still going to school when the war broke out. And since there's um, not enough doctors, she's just been taken on as a doctor and she does what she can. Um, her sister-in-law wants to leave, but she wants to stay because she wants to continue helping people. Um, yeah. It says, now she works at the hospital, helping those she can, closing the eyes of those she can't. Uh, Leila and her unborn baby are all Salma has left. Um, unless you count Kav, um, he's, uh, but he's a hallucination, a symptom of the horrors she's seen. Every day he urges Salama to leave Syria. Every day she refuses until she crosses paths with Kenan, the boy with the vivid green eyes who wants to stay and risk his life for everything their country could be. I have heard so many great things about this book. It is absolutely beautiful. Like the cover is just gorgeous. So yeah. It was nominated for Best Young Adult Fiction in 2022, and I think it won oh, the Goodreads Choice Award, or it was nominated for Goodreads Choice Award, something like that. Possibly. Also, fun fact: I've had this book as an ebook since it was published in late 2022, because in the acknowledgments, the author thanks BTS. <laughs> And that's why the book somehow showed up on my, yeah. like, I don't remember. I think it was Instagram or something where it was like, uh -huh. she's an army. She wrote a book da -da -da, and I was like, oh, I want to read this. And I haven't yet, but yeah, it's gotten huge since then. And I love to see. I that. mean, the, like the opening acknowledgement, what do you call that? It's like the opening word where they thank some people. Yeah, that's the. Um, I don't know. It that. doesn't. Wait, wait, it doesn't wait. Matter. We know the word. You know. Okay, the word think of it while I read it to you. Okay. 
It says to Hayao Miyazaki. It's called yeah. the dedication. The dedication. Well, she dedicates this book to Hayao Miyazaki, who founded My Imagination, to Ali Al Tamtawi, who revolutionized My Imagination, and to all the Syrians who loved, lost, lived, and died for Syria. We will one day. We will come back home one day. Mm, so yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I started it. I am fifty-eight pages in. So, do you like it so far? Yes, it's very well written. You have to tell me. I know it's going to rip my heart out. What do you think about it? So. By the end, it's one that I really, and... I really think this one is going to make me cry. So. See another book that I just prioritized <laughs> today during this session. Uh, that good. brings us that to brings the last question. question. <laughs> what books you need to read by the end of the year? Well, now it is a lot of them, all of them. As long as the lemon trees grow. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, what moves the dead? <laughs> Yeah, and also many, many, many others, but three that I really need to read by the end of the year are. I'm gonna go rapid fire. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Severance by Ling Ma, because I've told myself that I will read this book for mm-hmm. years now. And basically, all these three books are part of the books that we said in the beginning of the year. Remember, we yeah. did the five books. I think it was. Um, yeah, I don't that remember we which read. ones. <laughs> I don't remember which ones either. I know these three because I had them on a little pile, but uh, there were two others and I read them and I forgot which ones they were. But maybe we'll figure it out again. And then by the end of the year, we can check if we actually did or not. But these three are the three leftover ones from that pile. So mm-hmm. I need to read those just for a sense of satisfaction. Um, and it's Severance by Ling Ma. I also really want to read this because I've heard from so many places now that this actually is as amazing as I thought it would be when I saw it. Um, then the body keeps the score because it's about, it's a nonfiction about the, how trauma transforma- transforms your mind and brain and body. And yeah. learning is key and we need to learn about the trauma um, and then When I Hit You or A Portrait of a Writer as a Young Wife by Mina Kandasami, which I think will be one that makes me cry. I've heard about that one. I don't know where. Maybe you told by me, me about it. <laughs> yeah. In that one episode where we had these five books we'll read this year. Ah, um, that's possible. Yeah, it's about domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, um, it really... And it, she's, a, she's a writer, I think, and he's a politician or something. Hmm. A young woman falls in love with a university professor marrying him and moving to a rainwashed coastal town. She swiftly learns that what for her is a bond of love is for him... Uh, wait, like light is failing me. For him, um, a contract of ownership, as she sets mm. about bullying, as he sets about pulling her into his ideal of obedient wife, and devouring her ambition of being a writer 
in the process, she begins to push back. A resistance he resolves to break with violence and rape. So it sounds horrible. Yeah. But important. True. So these are mine. Um, I just wrote down all of them. Uh, um, yes, valid. But I will probably narrow it down to as many of the books that I have started and have not finished this year. Ooh, yeah. Of which there are many. Um, and a Shakespeare book, like a Shakespeare play, sorry. Mm. I have Hamlet on my shelf. I That's think it's Hamlet. confident. <laughs> I I can't remember if it's Hamlet or Macbeth, but I think it's Hamlet. Um, yeah, I just want to read a Shakespeare play. It's as simple as that. I just have to make time for it and commit. <laughs> Two um, things we struggle with. Yeah. So yeah, and otherwise just books that I've started and have not finished. Um, yeah, there's like the second book in the Lord of the Rings, um, The Two Towers. I have mm-hmm. so many sitting on a pile next to my bed that I have started and have not finished. Yeah. So yeah, here. just finish books, for God's sake. <laughs> just just finish them. Come on, woman, <laughs> finish the books. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just going to keep it at that. Finish as many books as I can that I've already started. That is a great just, goal. It is getting ridiculous. I'm, I'm it was bad goal. last year, but it's so much worse this year. Yeah, same here. It's horrible. Of the, of the, I keep skipping to other books and then uh, not reading those either. If I start 10 books, I probably finish one. Mm. It is so bad right now. And that's how we end up with um, six months and our number is, what, 16 and 23? 16. Yeah. Well, 17 if you think. And I do count the one We fan do count that the fan fiction. Um, so, yeah, we got six more months to go. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, five and a half. And we'll check in again by the end of the year, I think. Yep. And see, did we get a new favorite book? Did we get to reading the ones we really wanted to read? Is there anything worse out there than City of Nightmares? <laughs> and I hope you stay along for the ride and you'll check back in with us as well by the end of the year and see if we managed. Yeah. Thank you for listening. And We hope we'll be able to come back to you soon. <laughs> We no, we're positive here. We will be back soon. Mark our words. Just don't hold us accountable. We will try our very best to be yeah. back very soon. Hopefully, with books read, opinions, and new favorite characters all around. Exactly. Thank you for listening. We hope to talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye.